Thanks for downloading this week's podcast from Crossroads. We are glad you took the time to listen. As you tune in today, if you need encouragement or prayer, please reach out to us by texting 864-288-1626. Or you can find out more information at our website, hope at crossroads.org. Spread the word to your friends. Let them know they can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Videos of our messages are also online at hope at crossroads.org. And now, Here's this week's podcast. Good morning. How we doing? Good. Some of you are. Some of you. I know maybe a little bit later. That's all right. Good to see everybody today. And uh, it's just uh, such a uh, great opportunity to be together as uh, we sang about as the family of God. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Oh, I love that song. And uh, so uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just come to you right now. And as we get ready to open your word, Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts Lord, that you would encourage us, that you would challenge us, that your will would be done today. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the love that comes with that relationship. We thank you for all that you do each and every day. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, it's good to be a part of a family. I was thinking about that today. Uh, some of us, you know, we, we, when we think about family, we have great, great uh, memories. Well, we have a lot of fun memories, a lot of uh, wonderful memories. And, um, but for some of us, uh, those memories aren't that great. Um, but I've got some good news for you today. Um, Maybe your earthly family wasn't what or isn't what you uh, hoped it would be. But I can tell you that, uh, that your eternal family and your eternal father uh, is waiting for you to love you unconditionally. So today as we were, uh, I loved the service last week. What an awesome time for those of you that shared uh, your testimonies about what God has done in your life, how God has changed your life. Uh, man, what a powerful time. And um, there is uh, something powerful about a testimony. And because uh, one of the greatest ways to share the good news of Jesus is through your personal testimony if you're a believer in Christ. Uh, Because uh, it has a way of connecting uh, with other people's hearts. uh, Letting them know that, hey, uh, I'm not the only person going through this. And so uh, for those of you that, that shared... I want to thank you for that. And so today we're going to continue our study in the book of Ephesians uh, in chapter 2. We're going to pick up where we left off last week. And uh, today we're going to look at uh, several things. We're just going to be reminded about what we were at one time in our lives, what our condition was, what our status was spiritually, and if we are a follower of Christ, where we are now. We're going to look and we're going to see the power of 
of Christ's sacrifice on the cross, we're going to see the power uh, uh, and the importance of transformation that takes place once we give our lives to Jesus. We're going to see the awesome privilege of family and what it means to be an heir of Christ. So without uh, going any further, uh, let's go ahead and dive into God's Word. Uh, We're going to pick up in verse 11 where we left off last week. And it says this, Therefore, remember at one time, you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at the time, at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. I love verse 13. But now... In Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing walls of hostility. By abolishing the law of commandments expressed in the ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two. So making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body. Through the cross, therefore, killing the hostility. And he came and he preached peace to you who were far off. And the peace to those who were near. For though, for through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers or aliens. But you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. But, at, but on the foundation of the prophets and the, and the apostles, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God. And we've, we talked last week about the power of the testimony, and we talked about the grace of God and how it is by grace that we've been saved through faith so that it's nothing that we did and also that we could boast. And he says, we are, verse 10 says, for we are Christ's work, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in him. And so in the, in the church here at Ephesus, in the Ephesian church, and all, there are a lot of Jews there, but there are also many Gentiles that have been saved by the grace of God. And there's this hostility between the Jews and the Gentiles within the church because the Jews, understanding that they... Israel was the nation of God, and I'll sometimes look down upon the Gentiles who had the same status and condition that they did because they were saved, because they were a believer in Christ now. And so Paul here kind of wants to bring everything together. He wants to remind the Gentiles that you're not a second-class citizen. You have the same rights and the same citizenship as your Jewish brothers and sisters in Christ. And he also wanted to remind the Jews that, hey, you're no better than our Gentile brothers and, and sisters in Christ. 
Because we are all saved by the grace of God. And so many times, even within the church in North America, we can see some of these things that, hey, well, you know, I grew up in the church, and so I have certain rights because I grew up in the church, and my family gives money, and, and this is the church that I've always known. And so when outsiders come in, and they're saved, and all we think, well, yeah, but I've been here longer, so I have more rights than you. And the fact is that we don't because Christ sacrifice on the cross brought everything together so that the Jews and Gentiles would be one church under the grace and the love of Jesus Christ. So let's look at a couple of things that he says here in verses 11 and 12. The first thing we see here, there's two things that I'm going to talk about today. The first thing is this in verses 11 and 12. We see that our conditions or the Gentiles condition or status before Jesus. He says, there was a separation between the Jews and Gentiles. So there's a separation between Jews and Gentiles, but there's also a separation between Gentiles and Jesus before they came to faith in Christ. So before Jesus, there was a separation, a division that was caused not by anything other than their sin. And what he wanted to remind them is that there was a time where you were far from me. There was a time where you were, there was a separation between you and God. They were without Christ. Another thing that we see, there was no access or status of citizenship for the Gentile before Jesus. He says, you remember, you were, cel- you were separated from Christ, verse 12, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant of promise. You see, because you have to understand, to the Jews, you know, there was a history of covenants that God had made with the nation of Israel, but not so much for the Gentiles. So the Apostle Paul has to encourage the Gentiles. He's encouraging them, and he's saying, hey, this is what you were. He says, you're separated. There was no access or status of citizenship. You didn't have any privileges as the Jews had. Another thing that you didn't have, he says in verse 12, having no hope and without God in the world. So there was no hope for a future. There was no hope for, for anything and all to look forward to. Can you imagine living your life not having the hope of something greater to look forward to? Before Jesus' death on the cross, that was the life of the Gentile. There was no hope. I often wonder in, at funerals for someone who didn't know Jesus. How do you bring hope to a family knowing that because of the decisions that they made in their life, there was no hope? It's a tragedy, it really is. But it's also a reminder to us as believers in Christ the importance of sharing the good news of Jesus. Because they don't have to be like that. They don't have to live that way. There was no hope or future. It says they were without a relationship with God. 
And it wasn't something that God did. It was because of their own decision and the sin in their life that caused this separation to cause this time of, in their life, of having no hope and without God. But verse 13, and we're going to look here. So there's, there's separation. There's no access, no status, no citizenship, nothing to look forward to. There's without hope. There's no hope. There's nothing to get excited about. And there's no relationship. In other words, there's no family there. There's no family to look forward to. But verse 13 says, but now. And if, you, if, you've got, if you've got a pen and you've got your Bible out, and I'll just circle that but now because, because that is a key word. Let me go back, and it kind of parallels what Paul was saying in the first 10 verses of chapter 2 when he says that, he says, among whom... We all, also, we all once lived in the passions of the flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. And on verse 4, and all Paul said, But God, who is rich in his mercy, and because of his great love in which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, and all made us alive together in Christ, by grace you have been saved. And all, so, in the first couple verses there, those first ten verses, he's telling them, you know, this is what you once were, but God, who was rich in his mercy and his love for you, and you know, made a way for you. He was telling the Jews that here in verse in the second part of uh, chapter two, he's telling the Gentiles, you know, this is what you once were, but God. But now in Christ Jesus. You who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So the first thing we see is we see our status or the Gentile status or condition uh, before Jesus. And the second thing that we see in verses 13 through 18 is we see our status or our condition because of Jesus. You see, because it's because of Jesus that we have hope. It's because of Jesus that we have access to God. Because going back to Genesis, and you know, on when Adam and Eve sinned, there was a broken relationship between man and God. And it was only until Christ came and paid that ultimate sacrifice that Christ, that there was reconciliation or the, the opportunity of reconciliation between man and God. So he says, here, he says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. It's because of Jesus. Everything that we have as a believer in Christ is because of Jesus. There is nothing in our own might, in our own power that we can do to, to give us a hope beyond this life without Jesus. It is with Jesus. You see, 
We were just strangers and aliens before Jesus. But because of Jesus, when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, we go from being outside the family to in the family. We, come, we become heirs with Christ. Reconciled to God. So what does it mean to be an heir with Christ? What does it mean? What do we receive as an heir of Christ? The first thing is this. It means that we are brought near to God. In Galatians chapter 4, we, verses 4 through 7, we read these verses that it talks about. It says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir. Through God. There's just something about being heir. You know, um, I didn't understand this when I was, I was younger, but uh, just over the last 10 years, uh, I, as my dad has passed away, as my grandmother on my dad's side has passed away, um, this, this picture of what it means to become an heir, meaning things that you receive because you are the next in line in the family. When I think about an heir, a lot of times, honestly, uh, I think about British royalty and stuff like that, and uh, you hear that a lot of times. But what does it mean to be an heir with Christ? It means that we are brought near to God. It means that, that there's an intimacy, that there's a relationship, there, there's a closeness there. It means that, that our status has changed, not for the, for the bad, but for the good. It means no longer are we a slave to sin, but we are an heir with Christ, and we are a slave to righteousness. It also means that we're no longer strangers to God. Foreigners and aliens. It means we are one with Christ, that we have a new citizenship Think about that word citizenship. And oh, when you're a citizen of a country, when you're a citizen of something, there are privileges and rights and joys that come along with that. And when, we, when the Gentile, when, when, when we come to faith in Jesus Christ because of Christ's sacrifice on the cross for us, his death, burial, and resurrection, we have a change of citizenship. Our eternal destination changes. We have something to look forward to. We have heaven to look forward to. We know that from God's word, that right now, that there's being built a place for us. That's why Christ went. In John 14, I've gone to prepare a place for you. If it weren't so, I would not have told you. We hear those words a lot of times in funerals. 
But it means that we have a new citizenship. The the next thing it means is it means that we have hope in life where there was no hope before. If you flip on down a little bit or look down just a little bit to Ephesians chapter 3 verse 6. The Apostle Paul says this. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs. Members of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Now this may not mean much to you, but to the Gentiles who were, who were reading this, to the Gentiles who were hearing this, this was huge. Because this meant, hey, I am a part of something greater than myself. I'm a part of the body of Christ in which Christ was building. It means that we have hope. It means we have something to look forward to as a believer in Christ. It means that we can live our life with joy, knowing that no matter how bad this world gets, and all, there is something greater that is in store for us as believers in Jesus Christ. We have hope. Not only do we have hope, but we have access to God now. When Christ died on the cross, the veil in the temple was torn in two, therefore giving total access to all who came to faith in Jesus Christ. Access that was not available before, only to the high priest. But now, you and I, as fellow heirs of Christ, as fellow heirs with the church, we have access to God like never before. Not only do we have access, but I want to read this. He says, For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in the flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Not only do we have new citizenship, not only do we have hope, not only are we brought near to God because of Jesus But we also have peace. There's a peace. To the Gentiles, there was a peace because the enmity, that, uh, the hostility that existed between Jews and Gentiles and all was no longer there because Christ's sacrifice made them one. There was a peace. There's peace in knowing that the Gentiles belong. There's peace in knowing that we belong. The division and wall separation is no longer there because Jesus is your peace if you are a follower of Jesus. He is your peace. And if you've not made that decision to follow Jesus today, can I tell you that Jesus longs to be your peace. He is pursuing you with great love and great passion and great compassion so that you will know what the peace of God feels like and looks like in your life. I don't know about you, but in the world that we live in, in the condition that, that our nation seems to be in, you know, We could enjoy the peace of God. 
we can enjoy the peace that comes through Jesus. When I think about the division between the Jews and the Gentiles, it's hard to, to think, not think about our world today and how there's so many divisions with this and that. You know, but Jesus came so that there may not be divisions, that there may not be any hostility toward each other, but that there would be peace. Verse 15, when he talks about the, the wall being broken down. By abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinance that he might create in himself one new man in place of two, so that making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and he preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to in one spirit to the Father. Can I tell you today that if you're a follower of Jesus, you have total access to the Father. You have total access. You have all the privileges of being part of a family that you need. The Gentiles needed to be reminded of this. And ultimately, when we look at Ephesians chapter 2, and all these verses from, from beginning to end of chapter 2 are verses of, it's a beautiful picture of the gospel. It's a beautiful picture of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news of Jesus, it's a reminder of what, was, what our old life was like and what our new life in Christ looks like. Looking back and all, looking at our old position, our new position. In our old position, we were without Christ. In our new position, we are in Christ. In our old position, we were foreigners and aliens with no citizenship. But in our new position, we are citizens of a holy nation. Peter reminds us in 1 Peter 2.9 that you are a holy nation. In our old position, we were strangers, but in our new position, we're no longer strangers. In our old position, there was no hope, but in our new position, we are called in one hope, in Jesus Christ. In our old position, we were without God, but in our new position, we are called sons and daughters of God. And when you're a son and daughter of the eternal Father, of our heavenly Father, no, that just changes your whole mindset. Because you realize, and somebody needs to hear this in this room, you know, you've gone throughout your life thinking that you don't belong to anybody. But I'm telling you, because of the cross of Christ, you can belong to something great. And you can belong to a family that maybe you never had. A family that you long for. And in that family, can I tell you this? And all, you will have a heavenly Father that will love you unconditionally. That will love you in your good times and your tough times. In the good and the bad. His love is constant. And it is beautiful. Paul reminds us 
again in Romans chapter 8. He said, the, in verse 16, he says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. And I love in Galatians, we're reminded this whole thing of about being one. And that's why Christ came, so that, so that, that Jews and Gentiles could be one together in Christ. There is no hostility. There was no division there within the church. Christ came to preach peace and to tear down the walls of hostility. In, Rome, in Galatians chapter 4, in verse 27, For as many as you who are baptized in Christ and put on and have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Here's the good news today. Jesus loves you. And you may have walked in this room today not being part of a family. But because of Jesus, you can walk out of here knowing that you're a part of a family, knowing that you're a part of something greater, knowing that you have a Heavenly Father who loves you so much and wants to give you peace wants to give you hope who you have total access to at all times you don't have to wait to go through a priest because you can come to God just as you are and you can go from being on the outside to being on the inside outside the will of God outside of a relationship with God to being in a relationship with God. Simply by acknowledging your sin, believing that Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead three days later, and conquered death and hell, and commit your life to it. It really is that simple. I didn't say it was easy, but it really is that simple. Today, Is your day to become an heir. Something that you never thought you would ever hear. And become an heir of a family. And of a mission that is bigger than yourself. Heirs with Christ. For those of us in this room that are already believers in Christ, our story was that we were the Gentile that was separated from God. 
But because of Jesus, we are heir with him because of his grace and us receiving that. And he took us in just as we were. But he promised not to leave us that way. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for the opportunity to be part of a family, to be an heir with Christ. God, we thank you that those of us who have made that important decision already, we thank you that we are not what we once were, but we are who we are because of Jesus. Father, today I just pray that you would have your way in our lives. That we would be obedient. To you calling us today to become part of the family of God. Father, for those in this room that have family members and kids who are far from Christ, and Lord, may we get on our knees, may we pray and intercede on their behalf that God would change their life as well. And that they would, as the prodigal son, come to their senses and see that in the Father's house is so much better. In your name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask Pastor Jack to come up here. Uh, and as uh, we sing, if there's a decision, if the Holy Spirit has just been working in your life, And if there's a decision that you need to make, maybe joining the church and becoming part of the family here at Crossroads, maybe it's becoming part of the family of God and uh, and confessing your sin and just enjoying the grace of God and salvation. And uh, let's stand. We hope you've been challenged and inspired from today's message from Crossroads. You can find out more about the message you have heard today by visiting our website, hope at crossroads.org. If you live in the upstate South Carolina area and you're looking for a church home, we hope you'll come by and visit sometime. Details about our church and service times can also be found online. The last year has been one of chaos and confusion, and we know many have become isolated and lonely. You can get Pastor Jack's new book, The Loneliness Solution, Finding Meaningful Connection in a Disconnected World, a great resource that will help you, or you can give to a friend who might be struggling. This resource is also available at hope at crossroads.org. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again next week.